1: I'm sure vegans want to get hammered just the same as everyone else wants to get hammered like why just, are people not giving these people some booze
0: get drunk and screw like the rest of us exactly so yeah. but
1: no one was giving it to them you know yeah, so i yeah. wanted to give it to them <laughs> <laughs>
0: you just want somebody to give it to them yeah
1: yeah Man,
0: there's a bumper sticker Today is the Monday after Thanksgiving, which means, according to the National Turkey Federation, that we Americans just killed and ate around 46 million turkeys over this past weekend. There are few things more delicious or more vexing to the moral mind than meat. My guest in this episode knows the entirety of that dilemma. She's an unrepentant meat eater who happens to lead Australia's most famous vegan restaurant in Delhi. There are few people who cut through the bullshit on both sides of this issue, quite like Shannon Martinez. And I was honored to be in Galway, Ireland, at the Food on the Edge Symposium, ransacking the Hotel Bloody Mary bar at 7 in the morning with her. I'm Nathan Thornburg, and you're listening to The Trip, drinking with exceptional people around the world. i usually just ask people what they had for breakfast but i'm pretty sure i know what you had for breakfast.
1: yeah you, you watched it i'm actually not a breakfast person so that was forcing it down
0: yeah i i i'm totally with you but there's something about um eating that can uh absorb alcohol
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> and also you know, the smell of toast and eggs just fucking gross asian food culture is so massive in melbourne yeah, you know, things like congee and fur—that's like my ideal kind of breakfast. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. like that white Western toast and butter and badly cooked eggs just does not do it for me.
0: Well, you guys are fucking breakfast imperialists. Like your Oof. your breakfast, your toast notions have been coming into New York and like
1: our avocado on toast.
0: Yeah, and all this stuff, and it's like you know uh, we've I mean you know the Australian toast joint is like a thing. Now. Uh, is it? All right. Tell me about this drink setup we Thank have.
1: You. Okay. Well, we have an exclusive, local, Irish vodka called Hazar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is with an R at the end. Hazar. Not, <laughs> not a not an H. That'd be great if it was just called Hazar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Uh, imported by the 15th century legendary. Calvary soldiers? Really? Triple distilled vodka with the finest grain and purest water. Mm.
0: So many lies in one So many lies.
1: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, I actually didn't know that Ireland made vodka. So there we go. We've learned something today.
0: I I literally went into the Dunn's stores here and asked the woman at the counter for the cheapest bottle of vodka. Oh, good. They had because... Liquor is incredibly fucking expensive in this place. Like, they had Stelichna for, like, I don't know, like, 35 euros. That's insane. That's an outrage. Um, did you get some of this? Oh, not yet. Try some right. room. Yeah. Oh, um, you did
1: that good. That's a good amount of spice.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. So we... Uh, it's not just the huzzah... The <laughs> huzzah. That's what I'm going to call it. Huzzah. It's not just the huzzah vodka. But we went and hacked the breakfast bar yeah we did for um whatever shitty they'd like the little celery sticks Like we've literally Recreated like An airplane Bloody Mary I think we've
1: done good Really uh, yeah. Considering I mean They did have the non-alcoholic Bloody Mary station Which seems kind of pointless <laughs> That was very strange They <laughs> yeah. had like
0: Tomato juice They had like A basket of uh, Unripe tomatoes Whole F- to Not yeah, even yeah. cut <laughs> is, um,
1: What is that about Very strange Maybe and you could Hollow it out And actually drink it From the tomato oh, With the pulp about? In the glass <laughs> it's Supposed
0: to make Fucking You know Chowder bread bowls oh, I think uh, so With our Bloody Mary Cheers Cheers. Cheers.
1: Yeah, that vodka sucks.
0: (laughs) Uh, Can you taste it? Oh, I'm tasting it. I can
1: taste it. It was yum before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's hot, huh? Like on the chest. (laughs)
0: See, like, none of this is stuff that they mention on the back of the bottle.
1: Mm, Maybe it's because it's cold here. You know, they need an extra bitey.
0: This podcast sucks and is hot on the chest. (laughs) Um, Huzzah! (laughs) Huzzah. Good. Oh dear. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Yeah, the booze is expensive. I actually noticed here. I mean, booze is expensive at home too in Australia, but um, um, the prices here are like the same. As they are at home, but it's in euro. Yeah, yeah. So this is literally costing me, like you know, a thirty-five dollar euro bottle of vodka is costing me seventy dollars Australian, Fuck. as opposed to thirty-five dollars yeah. Australian. So it's actually kind of insane.
0: Yeah, you can't leave. Uh, you can't leave your country anymore.
1: Can't do it. Um,
0: all right, so let's talk about that. You're you're Australian. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Huzzah. Good <laughs> <laughs> day. <laughs> uh, what do you uh, What do you do down there?
1: Uh. So I have um, two vegan food businesses. One is a restaurant and one is a deli. Uh, Smith and & Daughters and Smith and & Deli. Yeah. In um, Melbourne, in Fitzroy. Vegan um, capital of Australia, I'd say.
0: Fitzroy yeah. itself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So tell me about the vegan culture there.
1: Um, it's definitely changed quite a lot, uh, especially since we opened the restaurants. Um, but I think, you know, I started doing it quite a while ago when I was um, cooking in a pub that was sort of a, a big crust punk um, metal kind of, you know, live music venue. So the, the crowd were pretty young. And uh, that was – the vegan food scene was a lot smaller. It was a lot of Hare Krishna spots. Probably like it is in so many places. You yeah. Know? Um, and definitely you either sort of had your Hare Krishna sort of pay-as-you-feel Joints. I'm not sure if you have those in the states, but basically the rules for these sort of restaurants are: you come, you eat, and you pay what you feel it's worth. Which, of course, a lot of people will pay nothing.
0: Yeah, because it's worth nothing.
1: Because because well, <laughs> all, the your, all of these bastards. punk kids come there and yeah. just eat, and if you give them the option to not pay, they're not gonna Yeah, you know, they're not gonna pay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so of course a lot of them have closed down. Funnily enough, you know. Because... Yeah,
0: right. I remember I went to Brixton once when I was young and they were you know they had like a collective punk kitchen where they were dumpster diving and like yeah, kind of amazing. cooking together and all this Fuck stuff yeah. but it's like very um it's very scattered like it's hard to I don't know I wouldn't even say in New York where you would find that kind of thing it's not, not anymore yeah. anyway yeah yeah I mean I'm
1: sure there's probably a, there was probably a spot for that a while ago but now yeah I mean now fucking supermarkets put padlocks on their bins so people can't dumpster dive anymore which I think is you know like because they're so worried about someone dumpster diving and then getting food poisoning and then suing the supermarket for their trash being off, which is insane. <laughs> Has that
0: actually happened? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, why
1: they've started locking them. Fuck. I know, but you know, it friends only of takes mine.
0: One litigious. Oh, right, uh, some rat bastard. Uh...
1: Yeah. What kind of fucking dumpster diver sues the supermarket? <laughs> <laughs> like, well,
0: Jesus yeah, they're, Christ. They're missing the idea. I know. All right. So you so you started cooking at this pub where there was where there was kind of it was a punk scene yeah it was music.
1: Or venue, Got it. Yeah.
0: I mean, were you just trying to serve them like sausages in the beginning?
1: No, literally. Um, like Well, the, the one dish that they had on before I took over the kitchen was a piece of tofu that he would throw in the deep fryer. Mm. Nothing on Delicious. it either. Mm!
0: <laughs> you can
1: imagine. It's not like a tofu is a sponge or anything. You know, God. So it would just go straight into a deep fryer that was just used uh-huh, to cook man. all this meat. Boy, the bathroom in that closet. Oh, shit. I know. vegan's one thing, but like a soaked piece of tofu. Fuck, I just lubes everything up, you know? (laughs) That's amazing. Um, So, yeah, they would just chuck a piece of tofu in the fryer. Basically, they would get a block and just cut it down the middle and then just throw it in the fryer. And, of course, because it's sitting in water, it's just, like, spitting everywhere. And then he would put it onto the plate and the oil would slowly sort of start to seep out of this slab of tofu and then he'd put red sauce on it and then... um, I can't even, I don't even think he put cheese on it. I think he just put red sauce on it and just put some salad on the side, and that was the vegan dish. So um, I wasn't going to do that. So I just took it off and didn't have a vegan dish. Um, But then the thing of people coming and asking me for vegan food all the time started becoming annoying, which is why I ended up putting on the tiny little menu, um, which is sort of what started everything, which was the vegan Parma. What do you call mistakes? Um, the that like breaded cutlet.
0: Oh yeah, like veal parmesan. Yeah, 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 like parmesan. Yeah. yeah, So
1: it was a chicken, parmesan. So that the chicken parmesan is like the most iconic Australian pub dish that we do. Got it. So you would think it's not it's not prawns. It's not nothing. it's, it's <laughs> yeah, chicken yeah. parma. Uh-huh. But we do do all types of palmas. So we have um like palmas of the world. Oh yeah. This is only at the most in the finest establishments, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> the finest pub. The fine pub finest fare. pubs in Australia. So you would have like the nacho palma, or Get the fuck yeah, out. Hawaiian palmas, um, oh, the Jesus. the chicken ticker palmers, which fuck. You would literally just have chicken chicken sauce on top of a chicken cutlet with cheese I <laughs> know oh, oh, no. so um, I managed to get away from Palmas of the world, but I did put a vegan Palmer on and uh, on Monday nights it used to be like Palmer night where it was ten bucks for a Palmer with chips like fries and and the token dressed greens so I put that on on a Monday and we ended up going you know from a hundred Palmers on a Monday to doing about 300 vegan palmers on a Monday and about 50 fuck? non-vegan palmers. so that was sort of like the light going off for me of like shit there is a whole lot of people eating like this and no one is actually catering for them
0: and w- what I mean what was the what was the cutlet? was it like a satan or Yeah,
1: it was terrible. It was terrible. I mean like Oh yeah. Yeah, I would um
0: some some some
1: self uh, criticism. Oh, here. Here. I'm I'm all for <laughs> self-deprecation, I tell you. Um I, I get asked to make it all the time and I refuse. I just absolutely refuse because like, it was before that's from I knew. My past. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. And it was before I knew how to cook vegan food properly, yeah. you know? And it was I didn't know anything about it. So I Went exploring, like, one of my favorite things to do is to go down Chinatowns or whatever and just look in the grocery stores and just find anything that I don't know, Yeah, I've never seen before, I can't understand what's on the labeling, then I'll buy it. And that's kind of what happened with this, and I found all these fake meats in this Asian grocery store in the freezer section, just kind of like, you know, just like head down into, into this, you know, big frozen box, just like pulling out bags of random shit and taking it home. And one of them was apparently plain, it was called, labeled plain chicken. But it was so heavily five spiced. Oh. And it was gluten. So it was yeah. just it looks kinda like, you know, like when boxes' ears get really weird.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. Cauliflower Cauliflower.
1: Ears. It looked oh. like a giant cauliflower ear.
0: Well, that's fucking delicious.
1: Mm, exactly. <laughs> now, now you Now got you're me. hungry, right? Now <laughs> yeah. I'm hungry. Uh, you ear. thought you were done with breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me more. Um, so imagine a giant cauliflower ear that reeked of five spice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I just went ahead and crumbed that baby <laughs> and put red oh, sauce and yeah. vegan cheese on it. And the vegan cheese at the time was terrible. Yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 still not the best, but it's it's so much better than it used to be. And, you know, um, the vegan cheeses that are available. And the one I had it kind of it was it was very reminiscent of like the putty that you use to fill gaps in your no walls. sure yeah. I'm, I'm doing it for you, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? No. Uh, just, and it doesn't we melt. We just kicked it up a notch. Mm. And it doesn't melt. <laughs> it doesn't melt properly. No, they say it does, but of course it doesn't. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you would grate the cheese, but if you put it on like a box grater... The longer it took, the more it would just start turning into like a paste. Oh wow! Yeah, so you couldn't really like crumble it on top like properly because it just had just to get kinda...
0: a like a spackling tool yeah. and just like <laughs> yeah. spread it, lay up. it out. Oh. Yeah,
1: exactly. Wow! And then put it under like a salamander, but it wouldn't melt properly, so it would just sort of turn into a hard piece of plastic. Oh, it was all it was terrible, but you know, it was that shows you the poor state. Yeah. of vegan food
0: that people were buying this shit they were from you. loving it uh, yeah, but, and yeah. people
1: still talk about it like it's good and, and i keep telling customers i'm like, like you've only have, got fond memories yeah, because yeah. it was 12 years ago yeah you don't um, want to go you back you don't want that nightmare back in your life <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> no. amazing all right yeah. so you're making terrible vegan parm uh that the people loved mm. uh and i mean if you're selling 300 of them i imagine people the the vegan community was sort of like oh shit there's pub food they're buzzing yeah Yeah, coming out Uh, how did that (coughs) how did you take that and move forward from your crimes against um,
1: parm Parm. (laughs) I should almost Uh, not be allowed to ever eat it again as punishment (laughs) for fucking it up so bad I mean
0: nacho parm I mean that's that's gonna that's gonna haunt me for a a little (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh,
1: so The thing, um, I I guess, purely coming out of ignorance in terms of vegan food, in my mind, um, I didn't think of vegan food as any different to, like, what vegans would want to eat was any different to what I would want to eat. So I wasn't thinking veggie stacks and, and, like... Buffalo cauliflower wings. I was just literally thinking, I just got to make the same menu. Yeah. Vegan. Because why would they want to not eat the same thing that everyone else eats? Because that's what I want to eat. Socially that's what they want to eat. Yeah. Because I'm not going to have a pub where it's like, you know, jugs of beer and pie floaters or like you know like classic pub food steaks and all that and then all of a sudden there's lentil dal and (laughs) like chickpea curries and stuff i'm like that just didn't make sense to me i'm like go go to an indian restaurant if you want to eat dal like you're in a pub you want to eat pub food so fish and chips and all that sort of thing yeah but again i was just buying all these mock products from these places because i still didn't know how to make it yeah but i didn't know that this was an insane market that no one was catering, like right. no one was catering for vegans, not in the way, in this way, and yeah. there was obviously a demand for it. Um, so, you know, the food sort of just became, it just mirrored itself. So I just had an identical meat and vegan menu. Um, and the, the problem with that, too, is that sometimes the vegans got the meat versions by mistake because they looked exactly the same. Oh, yeah. So I had a lot of people throwing up in bathrooms <laughs> or what? coming into the kitchen and crying because the waitresses would accidentally take... Oh, so we had to start using little flags.
0: Oh, yeah. Your little, like, little, little yeah. vegan flag. Little what, Little what was bees, the- little oh, bees yeah. you bee. know. So... I- why were they thrown up? Was it the?
1: I ate meat, but you know, I, I get it. I mean, that that was our bad. Not, but anyway, <laughs> we got that uh, we got that under control eventually. Did, did was anybody just
0: get a steak and just be like, "Fuck, oh, it. this is amazing"?
1: This is exactly the same. <laughs> How did you do? That? Be like, "Oh shit, yeah, know.
0: Is, is it fair to say there's like a couple of, you know, there's there's two ways of approaching vegan food. one is the kind of like you know the the recreations of a, of a of an omnivore menu and the other is the kind of like standard yeah this thing should just be vegetable based or right maybe draw off of indian or asian yeah you know food traditions is that is that still a conversation that's going on or is it has one side of the battle won um
1: yeah. i think there's a place for both for sure and i think the, the vegan food that i make um, I never opened my business, so the restaurant tar- to target vegans. Um, my 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 whole idea was to help people that are wanting to reduce intake, not specifically becoming vegan. Do you know? And I think uh, humans are, are intrinsically selfish, and they don't like to go without what they like. And until I think we come to a point where we are literally forced to not eat the things we love, we'll yeah. continue to eat it. I mean you look at the oceans and, and what we're doing to it, and we know for a fact that it's literally going to be a desert. And, yeah. you know, yet we still continue to be like, fuck it. Let's just wait and see. <laughs> maybe maybe if we're lucky, we don't have to go without that fish, you know. And so right. I'm creating this food for people that um, that don't want to go without but want to try and make a difference. You know, the sort of people that like to be able to pat themselves on the back and feel good about themselves um, because, so you know.
0: Customers are self-righteous, slightly obnoxious. Oh, I
1: think humans are self-righteous. I'm not going to point out <laughs> mine particularly. <laughs> Your
0: customers are humans. My, like, yeah, they're like humans. The rest of they're us.
1: humans. So, um, but you know, my favorite sort of vegan food is that um, um, vegan without trying, and so it's incredible dishes like the Thai dishes and the Indian dishes that right. are just vegan. Um, um, they're not replicating things. They, that is my favorite sort of food. I don't like mock meats at all. Okay. Which is kind of a bit strange because that's what I do. Yeah. But it's not the, the vegan food that I like to eat personally. But you know, I think you, you have one or the other. You've got your you've you got your Bondi babe yogi green smoothie chia seed pudding eating vegan. And then you got the other direction and it's that trash, you know, like the um, <clears throat> the burgers and the fr- the fried chicken and the hot dogs and the right that side of veganism and the food that we were trying to do at the restaurant, it's kind of sitting in the middle. Where yeah. It's it's your your mum's sort of style of cooking, and it's you know your your stroganoffs and your gnocchi and all those sort of dishes in between. Yeah. So it's just like you're more your everyday food, not your extremes, because like, you know, green smoothies I have sometimes with gin in the morning if I'm hungover and A, and want to be healthy. I, think I don't. That's what's happening now. That's yeah, red smoothies. <laughs>
0: um, but it's not. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I think you know if I was if I had Open Smith and Daughters. Doing Purely veg based dishes, it wouldn't be the business it was today. Um, you know, 80, we, we're doing up to six and a half thousand covers a month at the restaurant alone, yeah, which is massive for And very, that's
0: an all vegan, all
1: vegan menu. Jesus, there's not even honey on the menu, you know, like proper vegan? Wow, and 75% of those customers um, are meat eaters, so majority of our customers are meat eaters, and it's because everyone's changing the way they eat now. We, we all know. Meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner is not the way to go. And huh. whatever reason people are doing it for, whether it's for the animals or purely because they know it's not good for you anymore, we can't. We shouldn't be processing this much, you know, meat. Yeah. Um, whatever reason people are doing it for, they're trying to make a difference. And so coming to me is really easy because they get to continue to eat the same stuff that they ate always, but right. but they get to eat it in a vegan form. So they get to feel good about themselves without really having to change anything.
0: That's, that's crazy. That's like, that's, I mean, it's like married men cruising for dudes or something. (laughs) It actually
1: is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I, I, I guess I just had not thought that meat eaters would uh, intentionally seek out a vegan experience.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, (coughs) and they're booking a month in advance to come to the restaurant too. So it's a heavily planned out vegan affair, you know, it's not spontaneous. And um, yeah, it's it's kind of like um, an extension on the meat free Mondays thing.
0: I should say by the way that, you know, I I from the outset I'm slightly hostile to this idea I mean veganism you know, I guess we all have our own path that we're on. Yeah. You know, I had some very uh some some, some hard experiences in co ops.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where
0: you, you only have to have Satan, you know, done poorly, you know. Oh it's it's a rough few isn't times. It? And you know, it also feels very soon, uh, after Tony's death to have a, a, you know, a noted vegan chef on the show. No, I, I did think that. <laughs> he, was, he was such a hater. Yeah, uh,
1: but I get it though, you know, the vegans are their own worst enemy. Uh, I'm
0: right. The Hezbollah-like splinter faction correct. of vegetarians, correct. I think he called them. Uh, but that was also an opinion that he'd written in 2000, uh-huh. and that was, you know, kind of the swagger of the time. Yeah. Uh, and you know, at the end of the day, there's like some very real, uh, very macho problem sets that <laughs> that veganism seems like they start to address. So I, I mean, and it's why I'm I'm psyched to talk to you because you had your, you know, you gave a talk where you put a kill meter, you know, just like how many, how many animals had been slaughtered while you were speaking, which I I mean, I thought was cool, but next time I would like you to actually just... Bring those animals on stage to really drive the yeah. home, you know, <laughs> like
1: a Noah's Ark of death.
0: <laughs> just bring them on and just have a butcher just oh, doing his oh, thing
1: <laughs> the, for maximum impact. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, you want to make some vegetarians uh. like <laughs> it's actually not that hard. No, you, no, it's not. You just gotta, just gotta bring people into the slaughterhouse. So, what have you learned about mock meat? You were oh, no. slagging your own early uh, attempts at this stuff. I mean, what's in your cookbooks that people can use?
1: I um, well, actually, in terms of the mock meat side of things, I don't have a lot in there because they're actually really difficult to make yeah. properly. okay. Nothing the, – the way that all the dishes are created at the restaurant is um, every meal starts off not vegan, which some vegans think that makes my business not vegan – Okay. Some people think my business isn't vegan because I'm not vegan, which means that the wage that I take from my restaurant is being spent on things that aren't vegan, which therefore makes my business not be vegan.
0: Dude, I saw you had some salami on the breakfast plate this morning. <laughs> I
1: definitely
0: did. Actually, I, I, let's talk about that a second, because you, you had said something that I thought was pretty fascinating. It's like, and you were kind of mocking people's responses to this, and yet acknowledging them too. It was like, because you eat meat, like you, what, you've got more cred to talk about veganism.
1: Yeah, because people think then I I can cook better. I, I have a better palate.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, which which I'm, I'm going to have to say I do. Yeah. Because I'm not vegan. Being vegan changes your palate massively. Yeah. You don't taste things the way that I taste things, which is why the best chefs making the best vegan food are not vegan. Um, every restaurant I've taken my business partner to, and she's been vegan for nearly 20 years, I'm pretty sure, yeah um, Will be my friends' restaurants, like Mama Fuku in Sydney and things, like one of the best meals we've had recently for her was there. And as long as you tell these chefs Right you know, these chefs they're proper chefs that have worked all over the world and have incredible palates. And you go to a vegan restaurant, there's no such thing as like a vegan apprenticeship. Do you know, like you don't, there's not training for vegans like there is right. for
0: chefs, like yeah. for
1: regular chefs. They're not starging all around the world learning from the best. Right. They're just good home cooks that are vegans, you know. But when she, um, when, when she, we get we get a product into the deli that's like a new vegan cheddar or something. Yeah. And she'll eat it. And everyone in my business, like, and you know, only half of my staff are vegan most of my kitchen are not, actually, um, and, and they'll get a new cheese and she'll be like, Shan, this, taste this. It's just like I remember cheddar tasting. I was like, fuck, girl. Like When, when was the last time you ate <laughs> cheddar? Because literally this is foul and it tastes nothing like cheddar. But to her it does because it's been so long since she's eaten it, you know, and they forget things like texture and mouthfeel and all these things. They just – it's because it's been so long you're not missing – you don't miss them anymore and so it's so – your palate changes so dramatically that that the food that a vegan produces is so different to what yeah. the, the food is that someone that eats meat and dairy does. Just because you're looking for different things, you know. Right. Um. So, I would definitely recommend ordering the vegan options off the meat. Off meat the shift. meat menu, yeah, the meat. Yeah. Show.
0: Well, it's interesting. You know, we've got we've got uh, a woman who works at Roads and Kingdoms from who's from Mumbai and has never eaten meat really in her life, and she's, you know. They, She's had like the Impossible Burger kind of thing, and she's like, she just can't relate to it. She's yeah. like, I imagine this is what it's like to eat meat, and I don't like it, and it's not my, you know, it's like you just realize that this is completely different sense. And and I guess what what you're catering to is the other side of things: people who do remember and want that, and and may have had a hamburger for lunch, but are coming to your place for dinner. Yeah, um, and you think, and that's because you think that's the kind of the silent majority, I guess, of people who would would want a, a meat experience
1: yeah well impossible was is the same impossible has been created more for the meat eaters than than the vegans as well yeah you know? and yeah Beyond sure. burger and all those that's yeah. it's targeting the market it, it's it's getting ahead knowing full well that we cannot sustain the amount of meat that we are eating do right. you know like and and
0: so you said it's complicated to create these kind of mock meats what is the process like
1: there's a lot of stuff that goes into it basically it was like tvp which is textured vegetable protein which is like an old school vegan product yeah um and it looks almost like dried dog food great Um, and yeah mm, it smells like it too actually um but you rehydrate it see this is the thing this shit takes a lot of work you know because like if you were to not knowing what it was, look at it. You would not you think would it not was food. Think to put it in your mouth. You, it looks like kitty litter almost. You That's
0: know? A, a getting better. Yeah, <laughs> From yeah. Bad food to kitty That's it. <laughs> All right. So you re rehydrated.
1: Rehydrate that, and that creates a texture. It's almost like you kind of have to also remember the kind of things that make meat meat, and it's the imperfections. It's a little bit of gristly bits, and it's that texture. When yeah. you're eating, which is like a smooth texture, it is not recreating an animal product you right. know there is those imperfections through them so the tvp kind of acts as that chew to it like you actually have something to gnaw on yeah yeah in a way. Right. um and then um sort of binding it with um wheat protein and a few other things and then i would set the patties and then i actually made like a liquid blood like a, like a blood that would soak the burgers in and the burgers would soak in these bloods. so we use vacuum bags and put the blood in there, the vegan blood, and then put the patties in there and let them sit for like two days. And they absorb all this liquid, so when you cook them, the liquid then comes back out. So when you bite into it, wow! It's it's way more graphic than the Impossible Burger. Like I was like, "Fuck, you want a bleeding burger? I'll give you a bleeding burger." Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, everybody you know? in the restaurant is just covered in gore. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. Well, of course, newspapers and the media love to like exaggerate things. So, and and of course, because I'm the meat guy that makes vegan food, they like to make it even worse right. because they look at me and they're like, "Oh, you kind of look a bit goth." So I, the picture they used of me was me with the burger and then they put blood coming down my chin of course you know because that's how they like let's just make this like a little bit of a vampire photo shoot just
0: in time for halloween vampire Uh, vegans uh so this thing and what's what's your vegan blood made out of
1: um it's like a beetroot pretty much beetroot um and red wine reduction same as when i used to make the uh, blood sausage um at the restaurants we did vegan morphia. Um, which was actually based on my grandmother's recipe. Uh, And a lot of these things are all the original recipes that I would use for non-vegan things. And just because I've been doing it for so long, I sort of know where I need to replace things, you know, and what products I need to use and the little tricks to make it what it needs to be. But the mortillo was the same. It was um, with barley and rice as sort of like the filler, same spices, same everything. I use um, a vegetable suet. Okay. Um, instead of like an animal-based suet, which wow. is the fat that's going into yeah. the sausage. And then the blood is, is a reduction of the beetroot, which really helps with that irony kind of taste, um, and the wine. And then we sort of cook that down and thicken it slightly to make it a bit viscous. And then we fold that blood mix through through the rest of the mixture, which is what you would be doing with a blood sausage anyway. Yeah. And then we roll it in cling film and we, we poach them as a sausage and then you can unwrap them and they hold. And, and they're, they're still off. there. Yeah, Jesus. and you cook them off into little discs. So we did like um, blood sausage empanadas and we did a whole blood sausage, which was far more confrontational for customers and it took a little bit to catch on. Because, <laughs> I mean, a lot of meat eaters don't even want to eat blood sausage, let alone vegans. Uh, that
0: is true. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for your Polish, like, you know, lukewarm blood soup uh, oh, version.
1: Oh, I will give that to but you. Don't you like are. straight
0: iron <laughs> taste, like you're licking an open wound. Um. <laughs> oh, God. What time is it? <laughs> no, it's 8.30 in the morning. Yes, yeah, so we're making you... All you listeners, so incredibly hungry uh, <laughs> with these descriptions. So, so your your family had uh, came from Spain.
1: My father, yeah, um, he came to Australia when he was sixteen.
0: Okay, and. Th- Spaniards, noted vegans. Noted uh, vegans, yes. <laughs> noted vegans. And Australians, I mean, she Well, yeah, that's true. You're she, you're between a couple cultures. That's it. it. My mm-hmm.
1: mother is um basically she was you know the Australian version of a skinhead, I guess, which is called a sharpie. Like the the mm-hmm. non-racist skinheads.
0: Yeah, you got your leftist skinheads and your right-wing skinheads. Yeah. Can, so I think you the can be one or the other.
1: Yeah, the sharpies weren't like Nazis. They were just basically the orchids of Melbourne, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. They had the the high jeans and the little twin sets and the, the shaved heads. All. Oh, well, more like the Chelsea haircut, you know, the fringe right. and that.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's so that was mum.
1: So that's definitely not vegan as well. Do you know that? Right. that that's overcooked lamb chops and boiled <laughs> cabbage and some tripe or something. That's pretty British. <laughs>
0: what's your uh, what's your vegan tripe game like?
1: Um, I haven't done it yet, but you know they sell it? Oh, yeah? The Asian grocery stores sell vegan tripe and vegan um, intestines, which is weird. Right. Really weird. Because they have like full hot pot kits oh, for shit. vegans. Yeah. So they do have all that offal, um, and it all comes in these packs.
0: So let's talk about the politics of it. You you run a completely vegan, which you said proper vegan. It's uh-huh. so like no honey, no nothing. And why why is that? Like why go so far uh, to to that end?
1: Um, you you have to. It's it's one or the other. You know. When I first um, was was thinking about my restaurant, I opened a food truck first to sort of test run it because I wasn't sure whether a purely vegan business would be sustainable and whether I needed to be and vegan. Yeah. But but all I kept thinking of was um. How annoying it must be as a vegan to have to go grocery shopping or to go to a restaurant, you know. Whereas for us, we can go in, yeah. and unless you're allergic to something, right. you don't even have to read a label. Like unless you, you know, you're trying to be organic or some shit. Like you can literally, yeah, yeah. if you don't care. You could go in and just buy anything off the shelf because us as meat eaters can eat vegan food. We can eat everything. But as a vegan,
0: it doesn't work. In just a grocery yeah.
1: shop must take so long. Yeah. You know, every label and even things that don't look like they would be, like breadcrumbs. They've got fish oil in it. You know, you look at the, on the back of a pack of breadcrumbs and it says tuna oil. It's like, why the fuck is there tuna oil in it, yeah, you yeah. know? Um, so I can only imagine how long it would take. So how good it would feel. And you're always that guy in a restaurant, you know, like you're with a bunch of mates and right. everyone's ordered the steak and the fish and chips and that and you're like – um, just wanted to check um, Is there any dairy in the, you know, And then you're that guy And everyone's like Fuck again so, you know, And then the meal will come out And it'll have cheese on it And then you just send it back And then you just always yeah, yeah. The jerk at the table That's making it harder For everyone else And that would really suck So I thought yeah, Imagine, imagine how amazing it would be If you could go into a restaurant And not ask one question um, And not have to make One alteration come into our deli and it's a grocery store where you don't have to look at one label and you know that everything in that shop you can buy and it's 100% safe for the sort of diet that you want to have. Right, right. So that's why I decided to do it. And, And people weren't, weren't doing that. And you know, vegan restaurants generally don't have a good booze background either. And I've come from bars and things as well. And it was really important to me to have a strong, alcohol component to the restaurant because that's what makes a good restaurant is beautiful wines and yeah. great cocktails and all these things and that's what vegans were missing out on because it was like a mango lassi with vegan like coconut yogurt <laughs> or like a green smoothie and yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm sure vegans want to get hammered It's the same as everyone else wants to get hammered like why <laughs> are just, people not giving these people some booze
0: get drunk and screw like the rest of us exactly so, yeah. so but
1: no one was giving it to them you know yeah, so I yeah. wanted to give it to them
0: <laughs> you just want somebody to give it to them yeah. yeah. Man, there's a bumper sticker this thing about you eating meat and not being like not being the the, the hero that some people are looking for in the vegan community oh, like yeah. the politics can be so like self-immolating often it's just like okay well fuck all this do you feel caught up in those politics sometimes
1: it's huge i've become this poster girl for veganism and i'm not even vegan so i've managed to become someone of notoriety within a scene that i've kind of managed to infiltrate in a way and not have to actually be in it if you know what I mean, yeah, like, yeah. So, and I think people get a bit pissy about that because I'm, I'm, um, in my in my mind, I, I've been called a whore. I've been called everything from you know from just a bitch, you traitor, you sell out, You know, we're profiting off off veganism. All these things, um, you know, and and in a newspaper article I did the other day, there was a pull quote that just said for me, vegans are the worst. I was like, fuck man. <laughs> I'm like that was in that was in context uh, at the time. Great. And it well was,
0: we we have a headline for this podcast episode. Vegans
1: are the worst. <laughs> yeah, right. Um but it was in context of it's like I'm doing. I, I'm feeding six and a half thousand people vegan food a month. Right. That's only in one business. Do you know, the other business is probably doing about seven thousand customers a month. God damn so it. that yeah. is, you know, say close to fourteen thousand people. Not saying that they're that they all would be eating vegan, but that's we know that it's seventy five percent minimum of those customers and meat eaters. That's that's what ten thousand people minimum a month that are not eating meat because our business exists. Right. That's a whole lot fucking more than some asshole behind a keyboard giving me shit right. for being able to make vegan food as a non-vegan. So really, I'm not quite sure what the agenda is. Would they rather me close down Smith & Daughters and open a steakhouse? Because that would be a lot easier for me right. in terms of the amount of grief I get for what I do yeah. and the amount of work that goes into recreating these dishes. It's like I um, cooked down in Tasmania at Franklin with Duncan yeah. um, from Africola. And it was the first time I've cooked meat in public in about six years. And the dish was, um it was like a duck heart dish and uh, it needed cream to finish the sauce. And so I went into the fridge and it was really automatic. I sort of just knew it needed this cream. So I went into the cool room and grabbed a bottle and put it in the pan. And after I did it, I was like, fuck, you guys have it so Easy. You can just walk <laughs> into a fridge yeah. and grab a bottle of cream. Like when I want to do that, yeah. I got to soak some nuts. I got to <laughs> blend it into a cream. I got to culture it. It takes me three days. Yeah. I'm like, do you realize how easy your job is compared to what I have to do? Um, so, you and know, for that you get shit. And for that I get shit. And yeah. and it's a choice that I've made because there was no one providing food for vegans that was good enough. Do you yeah. know, there wasn't a restaurant where they could drink good wine and eat good vegan food and be adults. Do you know? It was all very kiddie? Do yeah. you know? The waiters were shit. Do you know? Because they were all just like a bunch of backpacker hippies and no one was a committed hospo. It wasn't committed to hospitality. You know? It was just, like I said, the pay as you feel. It was not a good dining experience. You couldn't like put on a new dress and go for your wedding anniversary. There was nowhere like that for yeah. to go. So you've made the ethical decision. You've you're technically been better than us in terms of like making the call to be better to the planet. Yeah. But in return, you get two middle fingers and a curry.
0: Just like some abuse and Mm -hmm. a shitty lentil stew. And shitty lentil stew.
1: And then I get it from the meat eaters and they get pissy with me because I'm recreating meat dishes. And it's almost like some of those real bogan kind of Aussie dudes that are like really insecure about the way they eat and when they're buying their 20 packs of budget sausages from the supermarket, you know, and they're getting defensive because I've called something a sausage, But, but sausages are our thing get right. your own thing you don't want to eat meat why you got to eat our shit i'm like why do you care first of all your shitty sausages are still for sale at the supermarket so just relax like, yeah. i'm not taking over your stuff right. but they get really mad too and like i said in that talk yesterday it's like what else what else would you call something if you're trying to replicate something what else am i going to call it like a soy log <laughs> and, and, and how about those words like soy sage? that grosses me uh, out so much it's like baby talk for food you know it's like faking and fricking, and it's not, no. like no we're adults we can call the thing we're all big enough to be able to deal with this you know so
0: but you still don't want to call what was, what was the uh what you call murcia like uh soy oh, the, log. The,
1: oh, the, the red spicy red gluten log <laughs> <laughs> uh, what does that mean? That means nothing. It tastes it sounds like it tastes disgusting. So no one's gonna buy that. Right. So we need a point of reference to people. So yes, I have the meat eaters hating me for replicating their shit, which is what they think you know, their stuff. Vegans hating me because I'm a meat eater making vegan food. So you kinda can't win. Yeah. But it's working because the business is Doing great, and we're busy every night, and and you know and you, you know, can't get in. And
0: you've got your second book coming second out. Second
1: book's out. Yeah, and, you know we um the the first one outsold Jamie Oliver for a whole three days. Hey. <laughs> so uh, that 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 was a good three days.
0: What's going to happen now? You you're talking about this pending ecological apocalypse that we all are kind of aware of and mm-hmm. are kind of like pretending is not uh not on the menu. Do you think you're kind of cooking? has a role or are we going to see a lot more of these kinds of restaurants
1: yeah it, it is going to change and i think chefs are, are acknowledging this and it will be chefs like myself and and other non-vegan chefs that i think are going to start changing changing people's thoughts on vegan food um i do a lot of collabs in, in australia and i've never done a collab with a vegan restaurant ever i I've, I've refuse yeah it's always with super meat heavy restaurants too so um, Bell's um, in in Australia. Bell's hot chicken is owned by a friend of mine, Morgan, and, and you know he's he does fried chicken for Noma and all these things, and yeah. and that's just his, his that's his whole jam is fried chicken. And so I went and did I think, at his restaurant, and I turned his entire restaurant vegan for the day, and didn't change a, an item menu at all. We did drumsticks, we did um, chicken wings, we did everything, but the whole thing was vegan. We did 750 covers in four hours. What the fuck? And I do it with people like that, yeah, um, because I want. These guys to see that there is this giant market and a need for this, and they're all great chefs and they they can do it, you know. And and his vegetarian item on his menu could have been vegan so easily, but he just didn't even think about it. I was like, that that's even if it's just purely from a financial standpoint, right? This is an entire demographic that you're missing out on, you know. And, And and people come to us now because not because even they're vegan, but we have a massive Jewish clientele. Because our food is kosher, because it's vegan, and we used yeah, to have yeah. vegan prawns, like garlic prawns. You should see their faces; like they're like kids that are getting away with doing something real <laughs> cheeky, like they're eating That's these prawns, kind of like, <laughs> uh, don't look at me, you know. And um, and then pregnant women will come in who can't have raw egg in aioli or mayonnaise right. and things like that, and they come in and they buy big tubs of mayonnaise because. They're craving it and they want it in their sandwiches so now they can have it. So the demographic has gone from, you know, attracting vegans to now mostly meat eaters to now every allergy
0: and
1: everything. We just cater for everyone now, do you know? So it's everyone can eat vegan food, whereas not everyone can eat a steak.
0: The people with the nut allergies are fucked, though. They should stay out of your restaurant. They
1: should stay out of the restaurant, along with the no garlic and onion people. I mean, you tell a vegan chef to not put onions and garlic in something, and basically my, my, my work here is done. Do you know, like, What have I got to base anything on if I can't do that? And then the shiny food. The, the, someone told me they couldn't eat anything shiny, which was nightshade. I figured out in the end but I'm not a nutritionist either when someone tells me these things I'm like I don't know what that means
0: that's like a that's a very abstract way of describing that's
1: a... what she said uh, yeah I kind of eat shiny as she's drinking a glass of wine right and I was like uh, <laughs> aren't grapes shiny like or is it not shiny anymore because it's been juiced because that even... is definitely shimmering what
0: is, a, what is a shiny food
1: like onions and eggplant capsicum zucchini that's, not a, that's, not, that's,
0: that's not a thing nightshade what? Oh, is that an actual allergy? Yeah. Okay.
1: But I didn't know that at the time. And she just wow. told me she couldn't eat anything. It's like, you know, the waiter comes into the kitchen and goes, this chick on 34 can't eat shiny food. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? You're joking me. Oh. And because I didn't say nightshade, and actually at that point I didn't really know what nightshade was. Because there's something new every fucking day. Right. Um, but when Jay came in and said shiny, I'm like, nope. <laughs> you can tell them to go home. <laughs> You're
0: gonna eat all the matte foods. All the that matte that foods they, I they want. They, like, what
1: even is matte? I'm like, everything <laughs> is shiny. Like an onion is shiny, even after you peel it, it's still somewhat shiny. <laughs> so, you know? Like, I'm like, what? Oh, fuck, I don't know. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it can be a little bit painful, but it's great, you know. And I also am really stoked to be doing it um, because, it, you know, well, actually. The whole thing came about with vegan food and committing to it because uh, I was actually between music and, and and food. And with my ex-husband being a professional skateboarder, I managed to sort of swindle my way into my band being on the Vans Walk Tour in America. Okay. And we did like 16 shows and we got to like sort of stay on the Vulcan bus. Oh, man. And do yeah. a tour. All right. Um, but we'd only play. experience. Yeah, we'd only play for like 45 minutes. And sometimes, you know, uh, the way the Vans Walk Tour works is that they didn't have like a set... Um, set list yeah. so like, the kids would have to get there pretty early in the morning and, and like one day NoFX would be playing at 10 in the morning yeah. and sometimes they'd be at 8 o'clock at night yeah. so sometimes we were on at 10 but sometimes we were on at 8 o'clock at night so sometimes we were playing to a fucking huge crowd Yeah, yeah. and sometimes it wouldn't be but you'd only be playing for 45 minutes a day Um. so then I was so bored that I went and worked for the catering kitchen for free because I wanted to cook because I was missing cooking yeah, yeah. so much you know um, and there was heaps of like of a lot, obviously a lot of the dudes in the bands were vegans so there was a whole thing there so i started playing around with vegan food there as well oh shit and then um you know i got back and you know mum was like all right so music food music food and she goes what's the first thing you think about when you wake up and what's the last thing you think about when you go to bed and i was like cooking and she goes oh well there's your answer yeah and she said and with the whole vegan thing it's like you can either open a restaurant and compete with a 100 other people on the block or you can open up a vegan restaurant and be the only one doing it and I was like, well, shit, that's just good business. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? So like not only is it creatively awesome because I have to try and figure out new ways to do things every day. but right. But, you know, hospitality is a hard industry. Either way, it's hard to get ahead, you know. So why would I choose something where there's, um, you know. Where you're diving
0: right in the look, middle of it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: but create something new that's my own, which is very hard to do in food because yeah. everything's been done a thousand times.
0: Do you think that there's going to be, we'll see more of these meat chefs kind of make the move and open restaurants? Have you heard from people who are like, you know, I'm thinking of opening no. a vegan restaurant or.
1: No, but, you know, I saw Danny from Mission Chinese. He's doing heaps of vegan stuff lately. Yeah, I've yeah. I've noticed, like, because I think he's working with Impossible or something. Right. Um, And he's doing like the Mapo and all those dishes, which I think is fucking awesome. Right. Um. Uh, so I see that. But I don't. All all my friends who do to the vegans uh, that are getting onto vegan food, they're still not doing what I'm doing. They're still doing very much the plant-based, like the strict veg-based dishes. They're not mimicking meat. Um, And also, you know, in the five years, I've barely had five chefs come and work for me, qualified chefs, because people don't want... It takes a special, special sort of chef to, like, learn their trade for 10, 20 years and then come into my kitchen and have to pretend... Uh, everything they've ever learnt gets put aside right. and it's like starting fresh again and yeah. there's not a lot of people that are willing to sort of um start from scratch so most of my chefs have been my dishes that I've been put through school yeah yeah which again a lot of people had a problem with because i've put my uh, chefs through a regular apprenticeship which again in their minds makes my restaurant not vegan
0: because they're just covered in blood. Because
1: they're covered in blood. They just, <laughs> they've got chicken carcasses hanging off them like a Christmas tree. <laughs> uh,
0: that basically, that animal carcasses have uh, somehow fueled their careers. So they're it's all tainted. So that's all tainted. Yeah. yeah. Good times. Yeah. Um, well, shit. Thank you for uh, for being on here, Shannon. I appreciate it. And uh, if if someday I ever cross that impossibly large ocean between uh between you and me i'll i'll come and get it what's the one thing that i would have to get from you? probably the
1: braised beef which is like an oxtail dish
0: oh man
1: yeah with um polenta oh i'll, I'll, I'll i promise you you'll um you'll like it
0: it's good to end on the uh, the non-cauliflower ear
1: uh, yeah i promise you i won't <laughs> feed you that <laughs> <laughs> beautiful
0: all right thank you all right, shannon thank you the trip is hosted by me nathan thornburg produced by Josie Holtzman and Danielle Roth of Future Projects. Our editor is Roads and Kingdoms Taffy Mukanyazi. Our executive producers are me and Matt Goulding, also of Roads and Kingdoms. Thanks, as always, to Adele Rodriguez for the art. Check out the updated art and logo he made for the show this week. And to the Bay Area legend, hip-hop producer Dan the Automator, for the show's music. Next week, and I can't lie, I am incredibly excited about this, I finally get to sit down with Dan the Automator, one of my musical heroes, and drink ridiculously strong Sorda Negronis and talk about life, race, hip-hop, and our common roots in the city by the bay. We'll meet you there.